Oh, God. That's a sound. That's every day, Randy. <laughs> God. Man, I hate, you know, I, I hate you, Mississippi. <laughs> the whole, <laughs> I hate you so much. And it's 100 degrees outside right it's now. It's 102. Forget you. Forget all of you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's all I do. Welcome to This Is About Movies. Uh, the question mark at the end. Yeah, it's a podcast where a couple of guys, me, Randy May, and... Uh, me, uh, not Randy May. Yep. Jeremiah. Uh, <laughs> we get together and talk about movies that we've seen, and... Uh, uh, hopefully, a you've lot seen of other too. things sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully you've seen as well. We're talking about Oppenheimer today, yeah, and uh, Christopher Nolan's latest movie, and uh, it's a good conversation. I think it's pretty good. I think I say that in every episode. It's good, I promise. It's uh, really good. Well, I don't know. There's probably been at least one time where we're like, it's not that great. That's probably true. Uh, they definitely skip do. this episode. Yeah. Hit the next one. <laughs> don't skip this one. This one's good. I no, this is theoretically what we said at least once before. Right. I feel like we actually did one time. Maybe we were like, yeah, that episode's not that great. (laughs) But please listen anyways, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for being here, everybody. We hope that uh, you've been enjoying the podcast. If you're new, thanks for being here. Uh, Join our Discord. There's a link in the description below. And uh, And shout out to you, new listener, Jim. Jim? I I see you. (laughs) I see you, Jim. Thanks. Jim, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jim. Um, all right. Well, oh, and that, Randy. Hey, not you, Randy. The, different Randy. Yeah, the, that other Randy. All right, yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's let's give it up for Jim and Randy. Yes. <laughs> I think we, before we begin this episode, we need to uh, apologize to our audience uh, because shortly after seeing Oppenheimer, uh, I had a really, really great conversation with Robbie Brown about this movie. And when we were done, it's one of those moments where you're we like, man, I wish we had been recording because we like... <laughs> Like went through went through some like deep stuff and like had a really lot of like cool things to talk about with the movie and made some insightful discoveries about it and all that and we were like, huh. So this episode is just a tribute to <laughs> that conversation. We do, we couldn't remember uh, uh, <laughs> the conversation that we had. It's oh, uh, uh, this is just a tribute. Yeah. <laughs> So here we are. We're talking about Oppenheimer today. Gonna remember. It's coming in a little bit late, but that's because it's been a busy season. It's been a lot of movies that have coming out. And hey, Randy's been a sick boy. I have. And in spite of being a sick boy, we've been busy. And you got the Barbie one so quick. So hot off the press. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Okay. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It's a big one. I, I, I've had... A lot of people complaining about the audio again. I don't get it. Really? I hadn't heard anything like that. Oh, oh, yeah. Like it's what? all over. It was too loud? No. Like they couldn't understand the dialogue again. Like it was too muffled under the music or I had no trouble. I had no trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like where did you see this? But like I don't understand. Like, yeah. Hmm. Half of the people on the internet. Or, half or just, of them. Oh, yeah, fully. <laughs> I kind of, um, and I was like, this is strange. This is literally half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just complaining that I can't hear another Christopher Nolan film. And I was like, I will give you Tenet. But even then, even in Tenet, I felt like if I couldn't understand it, then you weren't really supposed to necessarily be understanding it at this yeah, point in time. That's my takeaway. Uh, yeah. Like like when like when it's doing like a big action scene with really loud music and he's like kind of 
in a helmet psyching up the other dudes and he's like we're gonna go in we're gonna it's about him pumping up those other dudes you don't have to be like i missed a syllable rewind it sir like that's not what is that's not what that scene's about yeah um but yeah not an oppenheimer not a single word not a word <laughs> uh or at least i felt like it maybe <laughs> Maybe there were whole scenes where I was misinterpreting what they were saying. Maybe <laughs> I did, maybe I saw a completely different movie. I did go in sort of like psyching myself up to just be like, hey, you know what? Christopher Nolan likes it loud. That's fine. It he was loud. To, he likes to use a lot of like, he likes to push the boundaries of how we mix sound. And uh, he might do that in this movie. And I just need to remember that like, this is an experience. It's not so much, at least that's how... I had to kind of like figure out how I felt about Tenet, but <clears throat> it's an experience. It's not something that's necessarily supposed to be like you said, like there's scenes where it's just like, yeah, you're not supposed to care about what they're saying. Like it's yeah, just what's happening. Necessarily hit every word. Um, you're watching a movie. Watch, so I was like, okay, movie. maybe that's what, <laughs> maybe that's how I should go into this. And I think I went into it that way, but I also didn't feel like a, yeah, there was, a, there was no problem. Understanding what was happening. And we're not at, we're not at the biggest, uh, most expensive theater. No, we're not. So there's, no. I like, unless some other place had some busted speakers <laughs> or like missing center channels or something, I don't know what these people saw. Uh, also, one of the Paul brothers left the screening because he said nothing was happening. <laughs> one of the Paul brothers? Logan Paul or Jake Paul. I don't remember. I think it was Logan Paul. Left Oppenheimer. Because nothing was happening. Because nothing was happening. <laughs> okay. Like, what movie did you watch? <laughs> even if, like, even if, not, like, what did you want? Did you want Dunkirk again? Like, did you want shooty stuff? It's Oppenheimer. It's yeah. called Oppenheimer. It's a movie what where a bunch of smart people about? are trying to figure out smart people stuff. Like and with and with that idea, what do you mean nothing was happening? It was. It was smart people talking about stuff. Like, yeah. if that doesn't interest you, how but did even, you not know that go, even, beforehand going in that that's yeah. what it was going to be about? Even still, like Christopher Nolan shoots this movie. It, it's just wall-to-wall conversations, just yeah. people talking. Wall-to-wall, three hours of people just talking with, like, a scene in the middle that's, like, pretty intense. You know, like the big sort of, like, yeah. uh Spoiler Center alert! Point. There's a thing that the, blows where up. they test the bomb. <laughs> yes, that whole scene. Uh, but Christopher Nolan shoots it like the most intense way possible. Yeah. <laughs> like visually, it's like an action movie, but it's just people standing there talking to each other. And it's like so, duh, duh, yeah, yeah. Like if the music was, he shot it with an IMAX camera. Yeah. Like there's no. <laughs> if the if the music was as upbeat as like the cinematography of these talking scenes was, the music would be like. Like doom music, like, <laughs> and you're like, slow down. <laughs> I mean, the movie's like pretty Nothing's breakneck. <laughs> it's pretty breakneck. There's so many characters. There's so many things going on. It's like one second he's like a professor somewhere, and then he's like, I got to move to the United States and do all this <laughs> stuff over here. And they're like, all right, cool. Oh, I'm going to meet all these also, important people. he was going to murder hey, that man in I'm the gonna, beginning. Right, he's about to keep poisons. Like, what? He, he, like, straight up almost poisons his mentor. <laughs> or like, I know. And then <laughs> at a certain point, it. he's going, he's getting married to somebody else's wife. <laughs> and then they have a kid, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this kid to my neighbors. <laughs> I Oh, I meant to look that up. Was the cyanide thing real? Is that know. real? That's crazy. Yeah. He's like, no, go, Naga, let me go. <laughs> How about you have an apple with some cyanide in it? See you never. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Oh, my God. So he was like, he almost went to jail the rest of his life because he was going to miss a physics talk. Shows how passionate he was. I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get in his way, you know? And that guy, what, Niels Bohr, I think it was, was in there. And he's yeah. like, Don't eat that. It had a worm in it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Okay, cool. Whatever. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like that the movie starts with that. <laughs> this is our character. This is who he is. 
Uh, he doesn't strike me as someone I, I, who would poison anybody else the rest of the movie, but I think it is a, a, a window into like how he was able to disconnect himself from the like human side of things and just purely focus on just the physics, the science, and then yeah. and then become aware of like, oh God, what have I done? You know, which is basically the movie. It's like all the way up until the point he actually sees the bomb. It's like he doesn't realize how far they're taking things. And then afterwards he's like, yeah, well, I don't. Well, it's all theory and solving a problem. Right. Yeah. It's just, just scratching. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's doing his job in the highest possible capacity. Uh, and then eventually once they realize what they've done, they, he's like, oh, shoot, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Or maybe we shouldn't use, when he realized, it's not even, because I think he understood what it was going to do. I think he understood that people were going to die. He understood that it was "quote unquote" a necessary evil to put a stop to the war, uh, but I think again, foolishly, he thought that, or maybe not foolishly, but maybe naively, uh, he thought that it would be the bomb to end all bombs, which we know from experience that oh, even no, even before the, him, uh, the, there's no the other one. The the one that that guy was planning in. Uh, the hydrogen bomb he is way worse. like yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean and and the, that character even says that when they're leaving worse, when yeah. they're leaving uh um uh, what's the name of the town Ooh, I, if you hadn't asked los something Santos? no that's gta yeah uh, los, that's all i'm gonna think of now that's it what's the name of the place it. This is where we need uh, Matthew to be like, hey, now, look this well, up. Well, now that I've said Los Santos, that's it's all not I'm going to come out. <laughs> um, gosh dang it. I can't remember what the name of the place is. Los Santos. Los um, Alamos. Los Angeles. Los, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. There you go. Is it Los Alamos? Uh, that sounds, sounds right. Closer. But all I can think of is Santos. I know. Now I'm questioning everything. <sighs> Uh yeah, you looked that up. Matthew, you looked that up first. Alamo. Yeah, Los Alamos. Los Alamos. Los Alamos. Okay. Yeah, when they're leaving there, his you know, coworker, he said the guy who wanted to push the hydrogen bomb was like he said, Hey, you know, this is the bomb into bombs and he says something along the lines of like, Well, until somebody has a bigger bomb. Yeah. And it's like, Yeah, we knew that. Like we know that going in and watching the movie. And well, I mean, even though in even a way, the one that they we knew built that, you know. Even that one that we built, Russia blew that out of the water mm-hmm. uh, russia russia built a bomb and set it off that you could see the flash of it a thousand kilometers away um that's too big how many how many, <laughs> how many feet is that <laughs> i ha- i don't know what that means <laughs> is that like a million years away i don't so how like do you the sun how you measure right? distance is that how with that, time is that how that far is how that's <laughs> <laughs> a, th- a thousand kilometers that is pretty big that's too I'm big why would you ever because it's russia why not i mean but even <laughs> if you even 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 if you built one that big and you're like theoretically this is five times as big bigger than the biggest one the americans have ever done 20 years ago this could be five times that you don't test it you don't have to test it <laughs> they're like we gotta test it we gotta test it yeah, a thousand, a thousand kilometers. People were like, "We saw that. That's that's crazy. That's crazy big. How did you not blow a chunk of the Earth off? <laughs> like, like we're no longer a sphere. It's, it's like uh, Apple's logo with the with the bite right. taken out of it. Just a big chunk. <laughs> so, I mean, speaking of that, I really like what Christopher Nolan had did with this movie which is to have that question lingering in the minds of the main characters and us as the audience of that that possibility that they might ignite the atmosphere um which in the moment is like a a very real uh thing that they were considering not considering but but uh discussing whether or not that was actually you know how possible is that it was non-zero but they didn't it was very low i think (laughs) but they we can't say it's zero it was still obviously a a th- something that Christopher Nolan latched on to and was like, we're going to use this to drive 
you know, our point home here. And at the end of the movie, when you finally get to back to that conversation between him and Einstein, and he says, I, you know, we thought we were going to do that. We thought that we might be, we might ignite the atmosphere. And he's like, and I feel like we have, even though we, they did not physically do it. He'd set in motion something that cannot be stopped an escalation of, of power that, that will probably ultimately destroy. Well, probably. Yeah. In some form or another, it will ignite the atmosphere and kill us all. And it's really scary, but it's also quite humbling for the characters. And it's really, I don't know. It's a story of hubris. It, it always is, you know, when it comes to this kind of thing. But it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like the story is just so well crafted. And so there's so many elements of it that are more than they seem, if that makes sense. You know, something that I'm going to talk about probably a, a decent amount today is is his relationship with his muse, with um, Florence Pugh's character. Mm-hmm. I call her his muse because she's sort of, even though he's not an artist, like she, she sort of represents uh, his relationship with the bomb in a way. She's this thing that is not really good for him or anybody in his <laughs> life. Or, or anyone. And yeah. yet he can't quit her. He can't leave her behind, you know. And ultimately is the source of a lot of pain in his life for a number of reasons. Uh, in much the same way his experience with building the bomb uh, is a source of probably pride and despair for him. Mm-hmm. And I loved that you know, even though in real life that relationship was not, it was just sort of like, a, a, I don't want to say that it was a minor blip, but it was not as like, dra- it was definitely dramatized for effect, you know. I just, lo- I just love that Christopher Nolan was able to see that, that he was able to see that and use that uh, to really strengthen the narrative structure of the story. Uh, I thought it was really excellent. Um, there's a lot of people that have, you know, you're talking about people complaining about the sound. There's a lot of people that I've seen who have uh, complained about, oh, that sex scene was so unnecessary. First off, I don't know. There's two sex scenes. I don't know which one they're talking about. <laughs> I'm assuming they're talking Imagine about. Imagine the one intercut with the her one, sitting in a chair. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking it's the one, uh, yes, well, she's sitting on him in a chair in the office where they're talking to everybody. There's one, there's the first sex scene between the two of them where they're like, in the hotel room and then they're sitting naked in chairs, but like they're talking to each other. Okay, great. We don't even really see that sexy. It's just kind of like before and after situation. Yeah. In my then, mind, that's what people are talking about. Oh, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the one they're talking about is the, the one where he is being interrogated by this, this little tribunal and his wife is sitting directly behind him and he is going through in detail all the things that were going on in his life. And as a part of like, you know, vetting himself to like prove that he's not a communist, all this stuff, he has to like reveal a lot of personal information to this tribunal who they're trying to trap him anyways. Uh, But he reveals some stuff that his wife was aware of and she knew, but like never really knew the details of, I don't think. And so he's telling it to all of these people, these strangers to her, in detail and he's doing it so calmly without what seemingly without remorse and she has to be like this strong figure to like stay there behind him literally feet behind him and just save face and yet what is so brilliant about that scene is that it's not told from the perspective of Oppenheimer sharing this stuff with these people it's told from her perspective as she sits overshadowed by her husband behind him, you know, she's not even like forefront in the camera. She's just, she's behind him. Uh, and she sees this woman that he's describing in the room, completely naked on top of her husband, riding her husband and in front of all of these people. And it's like humiliating for her. It's shameful for her. It like probably brings up feelings of, of, hatred and disgust and anger and everything that can come in between and yet she is she does what she came there to do which was to defend her husband she doesn't she doesn't abandon him in that moment even though she has every right to do so 
I've heard a lot of people complain about like well, they didn't need to show it. It was so gratuitous, and I'm like, no, that's the point. Yeah. You have to show it because like that's exactly what it feels like for her. Like, first off, Christopher Nolan doesn't show nudity in his movies really, so the fact that he chose to do that in this film is should, is should, a big deal. Should should say something. It means yeah. something, and it's it. He doesn't do stuff just frivolously, and so. I hate when people like, sure. Are there times when like sex and nudity go too far? And what? Yeah, but it's, it's based on it's context, you know, situation by situation. And especially in this situation, it, it is so important for the story. It's like it immediately, you understand how exactly how she feels because it's, you're sitting there watching going, Oh, this is, this is a lot. Like this is, yeah, I don't feel comfortable and that's good. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Yeah, but but people complaining about it are assuming the intent behind the scene is like, ooh, la, la. Look how hot Florence Pugh is. It's like, no, that's not, that's, that's not when, the point. When you watch the movie at that point, you're not thinking that at all. You're, you're <laughs> literally going, oh, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah. This is disgusting. Yeah. No, like, yeah, what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. That... Ooh la la. <laughs> Ooh la la. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ignoring all parts of the movie um, and on my phone. Oh, wait. Here's a sex on my scene. Phone. Let me put my, Let phone, me down put my phone down real quick. Yeah. That was too much. I can... <laughs> Ooh la la. Um, but regardless of. Oh, it's what? done? I'll come back on my phone. Okay. I don't have to pay attention to this movie where nothing happened. Where nothing's happening. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> So anyways, regardless of what, what uh, some people might think about whether or not the sex in it or the nudity was gratuitous or not, I, I think it's pretty powerful imagery for the film. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie was when it was after Florence Pugh's character uh, commits suicide, after he finds out about it, and he rides off into um, just the wilderness, essentially, and his wife is out looking for him and she goes and she finds him and he's just like sobbing on like beside a rock and she doesn't know what's going on. And he tells her just like, Hey, yeah, she's, she's dead. It's like, it's, I think it's my fault. Like it's all this stuff. And I, I need to remember the exact lines, but words that she says when she realizes what he's upset about, it's like, Oh, you're, you're crying because the woman you were sleeping with, who isn't your wife died. Uh, she tells him like, you don't get to commit the sin and then ex like expect everyone else to feel bad for you when uh, it comes back to, to bite you. And it's like, oh, okay, that's thesis statement, right? There. Like that's the <laughs> movie right there. That's literally the whole film. Like you don't get to just, you don't get to create uh, the bomb and then, expect everyone and use it and then expect everyone to feel bad for you when you realize that it was a mistake. It's maybe a little on the nose, but it, I don't know. It's just, it's effective. It's powerful. I mean, I, I would argue excellent. that it's not on the nose because you nose? don't really remember what she even said. No, it, that, she does I mean, say, I that mean, for like verbatim. So it's, it's essentially like you don't get to commit the sin with, and then expect others to feel bad for you when it. Yeah. But if it's, if it's too on the nose, then you're remembering yeah. verbatim, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just very good. I liked it a lot. I don't know. How did you feel about the movie? Uh, yeah, no, the whole, the whole. <sighs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing with the weight of the world on his shoulders, like he's the modern day Prometheus. He's he's stealing this thing. Mm -hmm from the gods or theory craft and he's forcing it just just by his will alone he's forcing it to be reality he's creating this terrible thing um and yeah i mean like in real life philosophically i'm right there with her like well i mean even even to the point of like okay you feel bad about it but like why someone else would have just done it 
uh, and you have even less control over it. Is that what you would preferred? Or, but yeah, I mean that that sh- that shouldn't take away from his humanity. Like he feel he felt bad about what he did. Um, I'd re- I really. Wish there uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character hadn't have been there. <laughs> I I know I get that that's what the story one that that's sort of what actually happened. And two, you're telling a biopic, you're gonna go with the story of what actually happened. And it's in contrast to what he built and then how he felt sorry for it later mm-hmm. and how it ruined his whole life. But to me, especially watching it that day, I was I really felt like, okay, the cool thing happened. How much longer is this movie? <laughs> and uh, it really felt disconnected until they started tying things back in in that way. Mm-hmm. Um but even then i was i was sort of like eh, i like the first part <laughs> that's interesting but the it is i mean you walk out of it finally seeing the whole story and it is a beautiful cohesive story but it's a bit jarring in the moment for yeah sure. it feels like you watch two movies yes and and i mean the, the beautiful thing about those two movies is how different that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, <laughs> but one comes off as much more exciting than the other one. I, I do wish, I mean, on one hand, I was saying this is like a 9.5 out of 10, but I do wish there had been some other second half, you, you know? Mm. Um, but it's still... Like the like the points that the points that it brings out are good. The philosophy surrounding it is good. Like perfect. I just really didn't care f- for watching it. Does that make any sense? Um yes. I in a way, yeah. I I really love the second half. Even I, I in, love it retrospectively. Uh, even even in watching it i did feel the jarring sense of like oh this feels like it feels like we've reached the end of the film but now we're starting another film or like that's about the same we're we're wrapping up or it's a really a a really long epilogue like it's a really it feels a little like like a really long epilogue until you get way far in yeah once you get further in you're like okay no this actually feels like it's like a almost like a mirror image where the bomb is at the center of the film. Right. Structurally, yeah. that, it's like, but it takes a long time for you to get to that, to point. get to that point where, you, um, yeah, to where you can see that. Yeah. So That's a better I, way I felt it. the same way. Uh, I, but I, I came to terms with it while watching the film. I was just like, okay, I think that I, I realize what they're doing. I'm not going to like, or I I'm in this mostly because <laughs> there's a scene in the second half where he is, uh, it's like one of my favorite scenes, of the whole movie. Uh, well, I already said that about another scene. I like a lot of scenes in this movie, <laughs> which there are many. <laughs> I have there are four. So, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but there are a lot of scenes in it. Um, there is a scene where he is at some sort of rally. Okay, you again. In contrast to the first half of the film, which is like a brotherhood, it's like this bonding experience between these brilliant minds all coming together to achieve something and it's exciting everyone's excited when it happens there's no there's no death there's no negativity about it it's just human achievement yeah they see their achievement and they are all in awe and then there's the realization of what have we done and that moment of what have we done, the movie shifts entirely into being about the repercussions of what they did. Uh, and one of those things is, you know, you're so tight with all these characters for the first half of the film. And then you find Oppenheimer in a scene where he is like at a rally and there's no one there that we know except him. 
We don't recognize any of these people, and yet they are thrilled to be there. And he says a few sort of flashy things using some flowery words, you know, very patriotic stuff. And he gets the, the people going and everyone starts cheering. <laughs> and he's like, feels a little bit better because, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm this weird scientist guy, but, but the common folk, they love it because we just, you know, we stuck it to them, you know, we ended the war. And that scene is so haunting because of how the, Again, going back to the sound design, they mix in, like, there's that, like, cheering and everyone's yelling and it's great. And then you hear a blood curdling scream in the midst of it. And it's like, that's what, what? That was off. Yeah. And you realize, like, oh, and there's another. And then it's like, suddenly it, it, you realize that you're seeing, like, He's having like almost like a flashback to Nam, you know what I mean? Like that whole I like he's imagining like all this like joy is like suddenly turning sour and turning into horror as he is because of because of what he built. Yeah. Right. And that's I think it's so cool because we don't ever see the bomb get dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki. We don't ever see that. They don't they don't give us that like here's the carnage, you know, they don't the movie never does that. Yeah, I'm glad they so, I'm glad they didn't either because that would be gratuitous. Like that's, that's where it gets to the point. Yeah. But, or, or even like, ew, gross. Like yes. you watch it and you're like, he did it. He like, did it. I'm and smiling like, at that. Yeah. It's weird. So I love the way that they are able to like both give you that sense of like, uh, horror from the actual thing, but you're also be able to see like, you're able to experience here. What am I trying to say? I love that the movie allows you to experience the horror of dropping the bomb without actually going through and showing the bomb dropping because by showing it, it, it makes it feel like you said like a, a yeah, we did it. And then yeah. that feels really wrong. Bad. Um, and yet in that scene, he's able to like, exp you know, have his own experience with the horror of, of the actual, like what people on the ground felt like. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like in, uh, Cillian Murphy's eyes, you can sort of see, like, I saw the bomb do this. Yeah. That would have done this. Yeah, exactly. He's putting it together. Yeah. He knows he knows how it would have affected the human body. And, and and even that scene, I think they could have gone further with it, but they chose to, they chose restraint. I think that was good. But it, it was, um, I don't know, it was really terrifying. Like, it was really horrifying, I think. I thought it was really well, well done. And... I I love that like after that moment he's very dead set on hey maybe we need to rethink this and he's trying to talk to powerful people he's trying to you know he's already had this moment with his wife where she tells him that he yeah. you know needs to suck it up and then he goes to the president of the United States who is the one that everyone <laughs> looks to as the person who pulled the trigger, you know, because, you know, Truman yeah. was the person who decided to use the bomb. But Truman was also in a weird situation where he was a vice president and then didn't even know about the bomb until he became president. And they're like, by the way, we have this secret weapon we've been working on. Do you want to use it? I mean, and at that point, he's like, I'm not trying to like write, you know, like absolve uh, him. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, Truman seems like the. Yeah, let's get him, kind of guy. Oh, no, anyway. no, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. But what I'm saying is, like, he was also in his own situation, you know, because they, yeah, sure, they the movie yeah, sort yeah. of paints him in this like weird light a little bit of like, you know, because he's like, get that crybaby out of my, I don't want to ever see him again. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he doesn't understand. And it's like, no, he does understand. But his reaction to it is to like buckle down and harden his heart to it. Yeah. You know, he he's not having the same response. Like, I don't think. Truman is over here like like he's not letting himself regret it because he can't. He has to like stay strong. You know what I mean? Like I he knows what he what he chose to do. He knows the consequences. But he's also yeah, thinking about something else. Maybe uh, there's multiple ways to take that, I guess. Well, yeah. Truman Truman like, to me seems like a I did it. A good I did, old boy. Ah, yes. Like maybe. like a yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, what? Megal um, megalomania. Megalomania. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, not. What do I know? You know? After, so prior to seeing the film, this was not in preparation for the film. I just happened to be listening to it. There's another podcast that I really love that's called Hardcore History. 
and the, it's a very long podcast. If you think our podcast is long, <laughs> it's nothing. Hardcore Histories episodes are like four hours minimum, six on average. Like they, and this is a six-part series on uh, the Pacific Theater of World War II. So all the fighting between in in and around you know Japan and oh I could go longer than thirty six hours with yeah that. so it <laughs> it is uh, horrifying some of the stories that they tell and I had listened to a lot of that a while ago but I never finished the series and then after seeing this movie I was like Went oh back. I should go back and and like because we never got to the part about the bomb we never whatever it was all the stuff leading up to it and he started talking about some stuff and he mentioned the island that my brother was state or is currently he was stationed on when he was in the military um and like okinawa and talked about how like how many people died there and i was just like geez it just brought everything into like he the this podcast uh, hardcore history dan carlin's the host of it uh, dan carlin just put everything into such sharp relief like why because i i was the whole, the whole time i was thinking i was like i don't know like like if we knew the destructive power of the bomb, like why, like would I drop it? Like I, would I actually be able to do that? And after hearing all the stories of like the truly horrifying things that happened in that theater, like that area, part of the war, because at the time, by the time they dropped the bomb, like the big baddie Hitler has German, was dead. Already gone, yeah. Um, so it's like it almost feels like overkill. But in a way, it was not. Like, Japan was not going no, to surrender. absolutely not. And it got bad for both sides. Like, absolutely terrible for both sides. So much death and so much, like, it wasn't just like, okay, you think of war and it's like, I shoot them and shoot, you shoot me and then that's it. Clean death. There we go. Moving on. It was like, it was rough, man. And I don't want to get into all of it here. If you, you should check it out. It's called um, Supernova in the East is the name of the series. It's on Hardcore History. Pretty graphic, uh, but not gratuitous in that way. Like they're not like going, yeah, all the gore. It's great. Uh, he's very respectful of everything, and, and it takes in a lot of different um, sources and, and other things when he's when he's talking about this material. But it's a very eye-opening series. And after listening to that, I I kind of was like, okay. I think I understand why they dropped the bomb. And I think if I had known about all this stuff that was going on at the time, and it was me that was actually going to have to drop the bomb, I think I would have done it. Yeah. Even though I would have felt absolutely terrible for doing it. It was one of those things where it's like, I understand now. I don't think I would have thought it was right. But in war, what is right? It's very hard <laughs> to determine what is right. And so I, but I, I had a better understanding after hearing that series of just like, holy cow. Okay. Now, now I understand. And I'm sure I'm late to this game. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are know more about World War II than I do that are just like, yeah, of course that's yeah. But for me, it was, uh, yeah. And even, even from what I've heard, um, I'm not a historian. I've not verified this. You're not, uh, I don't think so. Um, amateur at best. The uh, <laughs> they picked like twelve cities. Well, yeah, they talk about that in the movie uh, a little bit, and then um, I think, well, f uh, stories I've heard are that we flew over the cities and dropped pamphlets and told the people to leave that we were going to bomb them. All hmm. twelve. I don't. And then I we picked two instead of 12. But uh, basically, the higher-ups in Japan were like, you better not leave. Mm. But we tried to even... One, we told 12 cities to evacuate uh, and, only, and only were ever going to plan on hitting two of them, I think. Um, that... Yeah, that might be true. I don't actually know. I do know that we bombed the crap out of Japan way before the bomb, like the nuclear bomb. No, I mean with the nukes specifically. Yeah. But I even know that like even 
even uh, though the nuke is like a lot, it's a lot. There was a particular bombing raid where more people died uh, in that bombing raid, uh, I believe, then when the nuke was dropped. Um, just because they covered more area, it was just, it yeah. was more, it was more people, uh, sorry, not, I think more people overall were killed by the bomb, but a lot of those people died later. They didn't die in the bomb. They died because of the bomb, you know, the effects of everything. Yeah. Uh, whereas like in some of the earlier bombing raids, uh, we, we killed that. more people at one moment than at any moment in the history of the earth which was pretty insane. Like that, that is something that we, the United States did. And it's like, I understand there's context. You gotta, you gotta take everything in. I'm not, I'm not over here trying to be like, we're terrible. That's look, everybody's terrible. I mean, the point, nah, we tried to even, like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying World War II, we tried to stay out of the war. No, I know, I know, but I'm just saying there's still, there's, they came, there's horrifying they came over things happening. Here and, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's Remember horrifying things happening. Yes, uh, I do remember. My, yeah, my granddad was actually at Pearl Harbor. So he was minding his own business. Yeah. And uh, was suddenly attacked without provocation. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> and then what, what's the movie? Like, Tora, Tora, Tora? Yeah. Like, what, like the, the, the Japanese giants. general's like, what have we done? Yeah. What did you do? Like, <laughs> what? Why did you do that? Uh, we'll we'll get them. No, no. Why would you ever? Don't poke the bear, man. <laughs> and that, like, I'm not I'm not saying that because like America's the big the big the yeah. bad the bravest the uh just I mean at the time we definitely were. I mean maybe up there with Russia and you're already having a tough time with Russia alone. Why would you poke the other grizzly bear? Like the the world had two grizzly bears. One was asleep and you went, let's go to its house. <laughs> Leave it alone. I mean, I get that Germany was like, go get them. We'll let you take it. You can have whatever you want. Like I get it. The, the, uh, there were even German messages that we found sent to Mexico. Yeah. That were trying to prod Mexico into attacking us. And Mexico rightly went, you nuts <laughs> <laughs> no hitler are you crazy <laughs> come on do it that's a grizzly bear bro <laughs> but if you do it you get to move in you get to move in remember that remember the spanish american war where they took texas and stuff you can have it back <laughs> hitler's oh, you're so dumb yeah well anyway my point being that like I, I don't think it'd be fair to to be like we told them to get out and they didn't get out and i'm like no we we did a lot of bad stuff where we didn't tell nobody anything no and but we i just mean like in a, so in a, it is what it is. like much I, regretful I, kind yeah. of way we at least tried sure i just didn't want to walk away from that conversation being like yeah we're the good we're guys. the good guys here <laughs> I know we bought, dropped the bomb on a on two cities, but we t- killed t- tons t- of civilians. To leave. But we're the good guys, you know. what I mean, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Uh, the, speaking of that, it makes me think of a. There's like a sketch. I don't even remember where it was from, but some old sketch that has a uh, these British guys pretending to be Germans, and they're just in the foxhole talking. And one of them's like, "Have you ever noticed that?" Um, our uniforms have skulls on them and uh they're like are we the baddies <laughs> like, <laughs> I, i've seen that one yeah. I, I don't remember what it is i just it. remember that, that bit <laughs> are we the baddies <laughs> it's like would you choose to put a skull in yours it just seems like not the thing that the good guys would do you know <laughs> wait <laughs> No. Are we the baddies? Yeah. That's the <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, so I'm going back to the two film structure, <laughs> the little two part structure thing here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with you for the most part. I definitely felt the jarring effect of it, but I, I love how it's tied up. I do think that it's interesting how, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character 
does I thought it was interesting that he was included in the first half of the film. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. It's like a weird it's not weird. It was just like, okay, this is an interesting perspective I mean, is, that we it have. It is weird that he would be there. That he's around. And then you realize, oh, because he's much more important on the back <laughs> half. Okay, I see. And then uh, the movie goes from having like really no quote unquote villain other than like, you know, it's a man versus self situation uh, with Oppenheimer. But then it has a very clear like, oh, he's a bad guy. We need to take <laughs> down and and it, which I think is really interesting. Uh, I don't necessarily dislike it. It's just something that was like, okay, interest that. Okay, I see how they're doing this. All right, and I didn't know the history there either. I didn't know that that was, uh, that that was what happened. But yeah, I do. But I do think that as far as like how it is all, how it all comes together at the end, how it's sort of they tie the the bow yeah. very nicely with his convert the revealing the context of the conversation with Einstein uh, that happens like towards the beginning of the film and yeah. having it and I really loved that and um, honestly I'm just like I know this sounds silly I'm not the person that should be saying this but I'm just really proud of Christopher Nolan <laughs> because like a lot of the criticism he's received from you know, the past few films he's made is that there's really hasn't been, like we haven't been able to like connect to his characters in any way. It's just heavy, high concept, heavy plot, heavy exposition, just a lot of explaining stuff at us, you know? And we just have to go, okay, I get, I understand <laughs> Mr. Nolan. Yep. You know what I mean? It's a lot of that. And it's like the concepts are amazing. Yeah. Tenant, I mean, it, it's really is. cool. It is still really even, close. Even to Dunkirk that, is like, okay, yeah, some cool stuff. All right, you're doing some interesting things with time, and that's a very beautiful movie, all this stuff. But like, even, and even in Inception, like all the way back to Inception, and I feel like there's a, there's quite a bit of connect, personal connection we have in like Interstellar. But in in, in Inception, it's like they, it's there, but it's it's definitely still like the concept is king. But for me, it's like really, it's very rare for him to like. Um, I don't know. It's very rare in in over the course of all of his films to like connect very deeply with characters, um, because a lot of his stuff is so high concept. Um, yeah. but a three movies stand out to me though, and that is Interstellar, um, <laughs> Batman, Oppenheimer, Batman Two, Batman Begins. Okay. Yeah, three movies. <laughs> uh, Batman Begins, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Obviously, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I just really connect with Gordon. That's really <laughs> what it's all about. Bruce Wayne could take him or leave him personally. <laughs> all about Gordon. <laughs> um, no, it's it's Interstellar. I was wondering why you were smiling at me. I was like, "What's so funny?" Right when you said three, I, I was know. like, "Here it goes." <laughs> like I was I I was gonna say the joke kind of earlier, and then you said you set it up perfect, and I was like, <laughs> uh, "Okay, so Interstellar." <laughs> Oppenheimer uh, and The Prestige for me. Those three movies, which I'm sure, yes, I'm sure there's ways for people to connect with his characters in other <laughs> movies. I'm not saying that you can't. I just feel like it's not as uh, prevalent. You know, it's it's very much a, like where most of his films, the concept sort of reigns supreme. I feel like this movie in particular, he lets it, it's all about the man. It's all about Oppenheimer. And he, you know, allows us to really connect deeply with him and really feel what he's, what he's going through, which I think is really great. So, and at the same time, he's still making the kind of movie that he likes to make, you know, yeah. it is just a movie that's about people talking, which he loves. And it's an action movie, even with, though there's no action. You know what I mean? Like and, it's the, and the most talking exciting like movie about conversation. science stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's right. It's right there. Like, uh, like at first when the previews came out, I was like, "Why would he do a movie about Oppenheimer?" And then, yeah, having watched it, it's like this is one degree away from everything else he's ever made. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's it's right there along with it. Um, I was even laughing at points of the film. I was like, "This is just like." <laughs> <laughs> This is just like his science fiction stuff, but it's not science fiction at all. 
Well, uh, I got to ask. I know we're like way beyond the point of this conversation being in the right guys, <laughs> but uh, Barbie or Oppenheimer, was it? Uh, <laughs> um, I truthfully enjoyed Barbie more. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's it's a delightful movie, and it was surprising, like surprisingly deep. Yeah, um, I'd say even for a normal person, they're probably going to get more out of Barbie, even philosophically, than Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, you gotta you gotta retrospect it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then only only in looking back do you realize that the movie's mirrored and where, <laughs> where the excitement is in building up to the bomb, it's uh, just boredom on the. <laughs> I wasn't bored at all. <laughs> I'm making. Fun. Uh, That's what makes that co- that comment you said about the guy leaving before the first half of the movie was over. When we say nothing's happening. Yeah, that's what's kind of weird. Is if we left like, the first half. Like, like if you left in like like twenty minutes well, after they didn't. test the bomb, I would have maybe understood, yeah. but I mean I wouldn't have understood, but I would have better understood. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing is gonna happen. <laughs> it Anyways. certainly feels like that. Um, yeah. Well, I'd say for me, I liked I liked them both. They're, to me, they're both uh, almost tens. Yeah, for a normal person, I would expect them to pick Barbie, uh, except for like a I am watching Barbie sort of people, and then okay, pick Oppenheimer. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. That's fine. I didn't make you watch it, but uh, I would I would think I would think most people would pick Barbie over Oppenheimer. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense. It's probably yeah. going to be a more popular movie. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I just mean even like if someone sat down and watched both. And you're like, which one did you like as a movie more? More people probably had more enjoyment uh, with Barbie. And I would think had even like, especially females, had a deeper connection with the things talked about in Barbie. Maybe even cried more uh, in Barbie. (laughs) Did the men cry more in Oppenheimer? Uh cry more no but instead of a cry it's like a like a deep like yeah i get it you know like i totally get it like that sort of thing like when you <laughs> when the world around just won't change sometimes you gotta force it to and then my god that feels bad afterwards <laughs> only i get it oppie only you and me we understand because we're real men of action. <laughs> somebody, Oppenheimer, somebody like that. Oppenheimer is literally me. Jeez, uh, um, yeah, I don't. I thought uh, I love both movies. I saw Barbie the day after I saw Oppenheimer, or two days after. I was still on a high from. I loved Oppenheimer. Okay, I really, really liked Oppenheimer. I said as much in my letterboxed review of it. It was very brief, but I just it just really hit me in a way that just really was really effective. Brought up some some like personal things in my life that uh maybe just recall maybe think about things that the movie's not even trying to make me think about, but it just did because it's you know, it's everybody has their own experiences yes. and stuff. And movies, you know? <laughs> they have the power to change the, the world. The universe is subjective, uh, Randy. So anyways, <laughs> I just connected with it deeply and and I so when I went to see Barbie I was like man I was really excited about Barbie but now I'm just like I don't know how it's going to live up to <laughs> what I'm feeling right now and I just wasn't like when I saw it I was like was not in the mood for that type like I wasn't in the mood for something that was going to be fun and funny like it just wasn't whatever I was yeah. I was going into it like not grumpy just was like man I got to really like clear my head to like really enjoy this movie because i was only thinking about oppenheimer 
Uh, and I mean, the movie's great. The movie's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I, I liked it a lot. And but I actually don't think I appreciated it as much as you should have. As I well, maybe as I should have, but definitely not until I talked with my wife Jenny about it before the podcast, and then even after we did the the podcast <laughs> episode, um, we talked about it quite a bit. And so I, I think her take on it actually was what made me love the movie. Um, but I think I just was so smitten with Oppenheimer that I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, this movie's actually good too. But uh, what do you have any other thoughts on Oppenheimer? Anything? Any any other? I feel, other like, I feel like we. There's a lot to talk about that we haven't touched on, so I, I don't mean, know if there's any. Yeah, but I don't we hit know. the big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right with that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I said, it's just a tribute. The conversation I had with Robbie was much better than this one. <laughs> well, yeah. Not entirely true. I mean, it's a tribute. This is a good conversation. I enjoyed this. No, we really didn't get into like any Well, I mean a little bit. The like philosophy and introspective uh Morality. <laughs> okay. Well, is there anything you want to talk about there? Uh, Randy, I took college classics. Ta- college classes. Randy, I'm going to redo <laughs> that line. Randy, I took college classes about oh. ethics. Wow. It's very interesting. Is it? Yes. Go on. Uh, but I don't think anyone else cares. <laughs> to me... Uh. It's the most interesting. Half of our audience is <laughs> is into ethics. To me, it's the most interesting thing, maybe in the world. Well, and, uh, walk me through it. Uh, I mean, just any any of it, all of it, even like the biggest thing, like uh, how does murder, like it's murdering that many civilians come out to a good, how can that be good? How can that have a good ending? Um, that's just that's just like the surface level of that's the surface all level. of it. That's the surface. <laughs> I don't that's like even that's like know barely what's that. That's, like, that's like barely been scratching the itch of it all. It's like how do, how could you even say that maybe he has a good ending? You know, um, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I really would have hated to have been the guy to come up with it. It would feel real bad. But I don't know. I think it had to be done, uh, especially 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 when someone else someone else is just gonna do it, you know. Like if if we weren't the first on first on the moon, Russia would have just done it. Uh, probably less safe. Less safe. <laughs> they would have put someone on the moon. <laughs> he might have died while he was on the moon, but they would have touched the moon first, you know. If we didn't. You just sometimes, sometimes you do the wrong things for the right reasons. Hmm. Yeah, sucks. But we live in an imperfect world, Randy. What are you gonna do? Best you can. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's our show, that's everybody. That's the best you got, uh, Randy. That's the best I got. The best I can is the best you can. No, you look at fate and you shake, shake your, your fist. fist. <laughs> I'll do better. <laughs> I get, yeah, no, the best you got. That's the, that's, the answer. that's the real answer. That's all you can do, man. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. We hope you enjoyed Oppenheimer, uh, the movie, and we hope you enjoyed a conversation about it. <laughs> We'll see you guys on the next episode. We're talking about Ooh. the movie Talk what? to Me. Oh yeah, we're announcing at the end. We're, yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna try to do thing. this. We're gonna we're okay, gonna try so the whole point you. of this thing is <laughs> like that you would watch movies with us and then we'd like, you know, like a book club and I, and then we'd go over it together, but we're going over it for you. So you can just sit back and listen. You don't necessarily have to participate. Yeah. But if you want to, hit us on the Discord. But that's not the point of the podcast. The point of the podcast is that we would do it for you. And yeah. you'd have friends that you could listen to and laugh with and discover things with. And uh, 
I don't think we've ever went over the reason for yeah. the bike and being well, like a book club. We realize, you know, <laughs> sixty something odd episodes in that someone pointed if we out don't to us tell in the you Discord uh, what movie yeah, we're going to you talk know. about. Then you didn't know to go watch it. <laughs> so a, I promise we're smart in real life sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So we're going to see, uh, we're going to be talking about the movie yeah, Talk yeah. to Me. Yeah. Uh, it's real scary. That horror and, movie. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah. So uh, is go it, check is it, it out. Is it a good horror movie? Horrible? Oh, I don't know.